You're listening to Orange and Blue Blood, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Let's talk about the next game the Knicks have on their slate. So they'll see their crosstown rivals, the Brooklyn Nets, at Madison Square Garden on Wednesday. Uh, the Knicks blew out the Brooklyn Nets, as I mentioned, locked them down on February 13th, last time uh, these two teams played. Brooklyn is just a game behind the Knicks for that fifth seed but have sputtered. They have lost seven of their last 10 games. It appears like they are still trying to work out the kinks of what is essentially a brand new roster. You trade Kevin Durant, you trade Kyrie Irving, you bring back all these new players to this team. You have to refigure your entire rotation. They're in a little bit of a transition period for this season, which is the worst time to probably have this considering you're supposed to be in a playoff push. You're trying to figure out your chemistry and, and, and I'm sure some of these players are trying to remember each other's names. I mean, this is a entirely different S team that we saw earlier this season talking about this matchup on Wednesday matchup that Spencer Dinwiddie after the Knicks blew them out a couple weeks ago said that he was going to circle on the calendar because of the trash talk he thought he was hearing from the Knicks what do you think of in terms of keys to a Knicks win in this one because the Knicks are a good team but they should not be taking any team for granted and that's why they don't have Kyrie and KD do have some talented players definitely and a lot of even though they've lost some games a lot of those have been very close um, we know the heartbreaking loss when Diddy hit that three-pointer at the buzzer. That wasn't. Um, they got beat on a uh, Trey Young buzzer beater um, yep. on, on Sunday night. Um, so, yeah, but but in terms of, you know, this, again, it's a quality team. Um, Bridges, you know, had that 45-point game. He's been playing at a very high level uh, since the trade. Dinwiddie's, you know, obviously playing well. Claxton's emerging um, as, as one of the better, you know, setters, uh, defensive centers in the NBA. Um, so there's a lot there. Um, and as you know, certainly not something that you want to take for granted. Um, the thing that the Knicks, again, you know, should be able to take advantage of is their bench play. Um, you know, Nets have been getting very little from Seth Curry of late. Joe Harris yeah. was scoreless in seven minutes in that game Sunday. Um, Cam Thomas is, you know, is an offensive fire, is an offensive spark plug off the bench, um, but a guy you can take advantage of defensively. Um, so that's something that that the Knicks will keep an eye on. But yeah, I think the Dinwiddie matchup is the one I'm going to be most looking forward to. Um, Dinwiddie played very well at the Garden um, in the in, on the in the previous game, um, so I think that's something that Grimes will, um, you know, have a challenge on his hands of of really. Yeah corralling him and, and keeping him in check. Um, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, kind of how those two square off. Um, and, and obviously you'll, you'll get Josh Hart in the mix. I expect this game to get a little physical, a little edgy, crosstown rivals, um, some trash talk in the previous game. And obviously yeah. this is something that the players here in and around the city on social media, et cetera, um, you know, that they, that they want to take back fifth place from the Knicks. So this is, um, again, another game that fans can look forward to, get excited about and, and has, you know, potentially very significant playoff, uh, you know, uh, implications as obviously these two teams are neck and neck for that important five seed. Yeah. I mean, the, the Nets are in a position where they're trying to figure themselves out and figure out their rotation. You know, Jock Vaughn has been talking about trying to figure out who plays and who doesn't, you know, around the same time, it appears that Ben Simmons is about to be taken out of the rotation. He says, well, actually, my knees banged up. I'm going to take a couple <laughs> of weeks off. She's just like, it's, it's like, it's crazy how they could, lose Kyrie Irving yet have another guy on the team who seems to just whenever he wants says oh, I can't play I gotta I gotta sit down for a little bit I mean again what's happened Ben Simmons has been unbelievable so he's not playing because he's injured but he might not be playing anyway you mentioned guys like Seth Curry and Joe Harris players who were looked at as I don't want to say cornerstones but looked at as key pieces to a team yeah. that they hope would win a championship their minutes are greatly decreased. I mean, Joe Harris playing six minutes in that game against the Hawks, seven minutes for Seth, Seth Curry against the Hawks. And that's a team that you would think that those guys would be able to play a lot of minutes. You would think that those guys – and, and, and Patty Mills not playing at all out of the rotation. Out of the rotation, Crazy. yeah. 
yeah, it is wild. And um, they're trying to figure themselves out. You mentioned how Cam Thomas, the guy is a bucket. I mean, I, I, even doing work on him for the draft uh, when he was at LSU, the guy was always a bucket. He can't defend and he doesn't really do much else, but the guy is certainly a bucket. So um, I saw Jock Vaughn talking about, you know, it's tough turn kind of understanding where and when to play someone like Cam Thomas because he gives you so much offensively, but if he's not doing the other things, he can really kill you. So his minutes can go up and down. So in some ways, the Knicks have to be kind of ready for anything. I think this is the next thing they're still figuring themselves out. So some of those guys that didn't play as much in that last game, maybe they ended up playing a lot more in this next game. Um, they they had a, a game against that, that Hawks team where they got down big and they had a, a really good comeback to make that game interesting. But it was a lot on Spencer Dinwiddie, who continues to play really well. Cam Johnson uh, had a big game. He had 27 in that one. We know Mikael Bridges is a stud. Good, solid team playing against this team. The Knicks have to be, in some ways, similar to the Boston Celtics, that they got to be smart offensively. Um, this is a team with a lot of long, wiry defensive players. Um, Nick Claxton is one of the best defensive centers in the NBA. Uh, the Knicks, if there's anything that worries me about a Nets matchup, is how athletic and how rangy they are uh, defensively. But I feel like the Knicks can be careful with the basketball if they can uh, continue to attack in multiple ways, not get bogged down so much in isolation basketball. They have a bunch of guys who can guard guys individually. And if defensively, they just stay on their keys. Uh, this is a Nets team that is not going to beat you on one-on-one play, on isolation play. Mikael Bridges was having a conversation, I think, with Patty Mills, uh, he said recently, and he was, you know, kind of questioning whether or not he could actually question the offense they were running because they were running stuff for, like, they were running stuff for KD and Kyrie. He's like, we don't have those guys. We can't run that kind of offense. And Patty Mills like, yes, please bring that up to the coaches because, yeah, we can't play that way. So uh, the Knicks, I understand that they got to stay on their keys. It's not like it's going to be one guy that's going to be getting the ball, getting 30 shots. It's going to be a team that's going to try to spray it around and get multiple guys going. So the Knicks have to be uh, in tune defensively. It's not going to be, hey, there's Tatum. Let's make sure we stop him. They got to kind of be all on the same page and make sure all these guys don't get off. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that, that and, and again, you, you, we can't underestimate the fact that um, there's going to be intense, you know, in a rivalry aspect. And the other thing yeah. is the, the Knicks can't look past the Heat, um, who, who secured a, another important victory. Big um, win. Oh, they, well, they snapped a four-game losing streak uh, last night against the Sixers. Like, that's a big win for Miami. They're not going to go anywhere. You know, it's not like they're going to fall off the, you know, stop competing and, you know, settle for the eighth seed or the seventh seed or whatever the case might be. Um, so, it, it, you know, irrespective of whether they Knicks stay ahead or, or push, a, you know, uh, or fall a little bit behind the net, they also have the heat breathing down their back. So, um, again, all these games are, are important, uh, you know, coming up. Yeah, and, and you talk about the importance of this particular rivalry with the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, before that last one, the Knicks had lost these guys nine times in a row. And it was great to get that one win. But when was the last time the Knicks and Nets split a season series over the course of a season? It's probably been much longer than even just that nine-game uh, losing streak stretch that they had over the past three or four seasons. Like, the Nets have owned the Knicks, essentially. So I, I think it would be important to kind of send a message and let the, let the city know, let the Nets know that things are different. Um, it was like I, I posted a tweet uh, after the uh, Nets uh, and the Knicks win last time over the Brooklyn Nets. That I don't know if you saw that meme uh, with uh, pa- Patrick Beverly when they were playing the the Warriors a year after KD left, and he was like, "You had the last four years, next four years are mine." He was telling to Steph Curry, "That's what I said." Jalen Brunson was telling to the Brooklyn Nets the last time they played, "You had the last four years, next four years are mine." The Knicks need to send the message to the Nets that hey, you guys had a great run, and well, I don't know about great, but. You had a run where you were playing good basketball. You were in the playoffs every year. And everybody was talking about you guys being the cool team. Well, we got the next four years. And send the message here. Take care of business uh, like they should against this team. 
Um, when it comes to this fifth spot, I think one thing that's kind of being maybe lost in the shuffle a little bit is kind of where the Knicks are in terms of the rest of their schedule. So yeah. the Knicks, um, right now they're in the fifth seed. And a lot of this conversation we've had over the last month or so has been about, look, the Knicks are playing well in the standings, but they are not um, necessarily uh, have a, a, a favorable schedule moving forward. At one point, they had like the fourth toughest schedule in the NBA. I think coming out of the All-Star break, they had the seventh toughest schedule in the NBA. Things have changed now. When you look at the, the strength of schedule, the Knicks, I believe, now have the 17th toughest schedule in the NBA. The Nets are still up there in the top four or five, I believe, with the most toughest schedules in the league. So I think the Knicks will be fine in terms of keeping the Nets on uh, off off bay, basically, or, or at bay. Um, I think the Knicks will have an easier schedule down the stretch, so they'll continue to play at a high level. Even if the Nets do win this game, I'm not too worried about them because I think that the schedule will get after them and uh, force them to slip a couple of spots as well. How do you see that uh, challenge of keeping the Nets at bay for that fifth seed? Yeah, I mean, if anything, I, I think the games, you know, the Knicks, again, the Knicks play the Heat three times. So I I, I yeah. could I think you can make the argument that the, the Heat have a better chance of getting that fifth seed than the Nets. I agree with that. You know, um, you know, depending on – and I, the, the other thing that factors in strength of schedule is that the Knicks, you know, obviously they have the Nets now in the, the Celtics game, rather, in the rearview rear mirror. They play them against Sunday. Um, but also that the Knicks are playing so well that that increases their um, relative strength um, against their opponents. The other thing to keep in mind with the um, – with the Knicks schedule late in the season, it gets, it's, it's favorable. Um, you know, just the starting March 23rd, so this is, I think their final eight games to play Orlando and Houston. Um, and then their final four games. Um, and then they, then they another game against the heat and at Cleveland, but their final four games to close, close the season, hosting Washington at Indiana at the yep. Pelicans hosting the Pacers. So they'll, they'll be favored in all those contests, assuming, uh, you know, Knicks stay relatively healthy and they have, you know, reasons to play for that as we assume they will. Um, so though those are games that they should win. It's nice to have those kind of games at the end of the schedule as opposed to um, a, a really difficult stretch. Um, they do have a, a West Coast swing coming up here, a four-game yeah. West Coast swing. Um, but we just found out today that it looks like LeBron will be sidelined for two or three weeks. Um, so they, they do play the Lakers out there. Um, you'd obviously rather play the Lakers without the, uh, the all-time leading scorers so, um, so oh, obviously yes. it's difficult games and they, and they still have another game against the Nuggets. Um, you know, so there's, there's certainly, you know, we, the Knicks aren't, aren't that point where they, you know, or they can look past anybody, as you mentioned. Um, but yeah, I give them solid odds. I'd say um, it would be disappointing now at this, at this point where we sit Tuesday morning, February 28th, after just beating the Celtics to win their sixth straight game. Um, and they're as dominant as they've been during this six game stretch, going back this 40 game span. Um, the Knicks should capture the fifth seed at, at, at this point. Um, I think anything less would be, um, you know, obviously not a major disappointment, but unsatisfactory. Um, you know, obviously, you know, holding on to that five or six seed is, is, is of primary importance. Um, it'd be really disappointing if they, at this point, if they slip back into that, that playing tournament um, and, and fell to seven. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, again, we have to adjust our, and part of playing so well over this extended period is expectations get kind of ratcheted up. And now they yep. will see how they deal with um, these increased expectations. Um, I think that's why it's so important to have a floor leader like Brunson. Um, you know, we mentioned his, you know, his statistical production hasn't been phenomenal over these, you know, kind of the all-star break seems a little bit rusty, a little bit out of his rhythm. Um, but just the, the tone he sets on the floor, um, it's just having that guy um, to quarterback your team. You know, they, you know, the quarterback is the most important position in all of professional sports. Point guard on an NBA team is, is right up there. It's, it's yeah. 
not as important as a as a as a as a quarterback, but it's incredibly important. Um, and to, to have a facilitator and a team leader, um, and and just the Knicks are saying all the right things. There's just a lot to like. There are a lot of positive vibes. We'll see if they can keep it going uh, Wednesday night. Yep, I mentioned on WFAN last night that you know, if you don't have a point guard, it's like not having a quarterback. I mean, it's like trying to play with one hand tied behind your back. And when you consider what the Knicks have had the last 20 years, that Jalen Brunson puts them in such a better position. And you talk about the, the, the schedule moving forward. The Nets do have the, the fifth toughest schedule left. They have two against the Bucs. They have another game against the Celtics, two against the Nuggets, a game against the Sixers, two against the Cavs, and one against the Kings, who are one of the top teams in the Western Conference. So they have a beast left for them down the stretch. So Nets, maybe they could find a way to avoid the play-in, but I think for that fifth spot, I think that ship is sailing. I don't think that they'll hold on to that. And with the Knicks even creeping up on the Cleveland Cavaliers, we'll see if maybe they could find a way to sneak up and maybe get to that fourth spot potentially. Now the Cavs have the second easiest schedule left in the NBA. So oh, that yeah. will be uh, a situation that will be tough. And the Cavs, the rest of their teams, they play 18 games. The combined winning percentages is 47%. Um, and they got three against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they got games against the Pistons, Rockets, two against the Magic, another one against the Pacers, and another one against the Wizards. So it's going to be tough to get to that, uh, that that fifth spot with Cleveland, but the Knicks do have a game against them, so that will help the Knicks yeah. have a chance there if they want to see if they can move up. The, it, again, talk about the privilege of talking about the standings this late in the season. That's what happens when you play the way the Knicks are playing. Now you look at the schedule and say, okay, well, who are the other teams playing? How many games back are you? Like, this comes with winning basketball. The fact that we can talk about the Knicks in this regard is really awesome. Uh, Knicks and Nets Wednesday night at Madison Square Garden should be a good one.